We are starting a series this morning called Family Matters, and I'm telling you, I don't think there's any greater way to start it than talking about moms. Moms are one of the, probably the most significant role uh, when it comes to rearing up kids. Would you agree? There's lots of roles. Please don't get me wrong. There's lots of important influences. I don't think anything trumps mom. It just doesn't. God gives mom special things. I'm going to use that word just very loosely there um, to be able to pour into the life of a kid that nobody else can. Would you agree that there is something special about a mother-child bond? Would you agree that there's probably nothing greater than a bond between a mom and a, and a child? Regardless of, of your personal experiences, there, there's nothing greater than that. A mother's love has the ability to look past all kinds of mistakes. <laughs> a mother's love has the ability not just to look past their kids' mistakes, but to learn things from their kids while the kids are making those mistakes. I'll just give you a couple of examples here. One mother learned that a king-size bed water, a king-size water bed holds enough water to fill a 2,000-square-foot house, two inches deep. Another mother learned that certain Legos will pass through the digestive tract of a four-year-old boy. She learned that. Another mother learned that superglue is forever. Another mother learned that no matter how much jello you put into a swimming pool, you cannot walk on water. And she learned quickly after that that pool filters do not like jello. This is interesting. One mom learned that the spin cycle on a washing machine does not make earthworms dizzy. But she learned that it will make a cat dizzy. And probably the most important lesson learned out of that was she learned that cats throw up twice their body weight when they're dizzy. You can't learn that anywhere else. I mean, it's, it's like the mother-child bond. It, it's, this, it's this bond called mother love, and it's stronger than every single mistake a kid can make. Would you agree? Now, where does that love come from? You know that God was once accused of forgetting about his children. God's chosen nation, Israel, in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14, Israel cried out, and this is what they said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Have your kids ever said that about you? You don't love me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, or they'll say, you don't think about me? This is an incredible accusation to make against God, right? But the answer that, that God gave back is, is pretty astounding. We're going to read it. This is what God says in response to that. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she has born? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. God searched the universe. He heard this, this cry, and then he searched the universe for some example that he could give to let them know just how much he loves them. And he uses the example of a mom. He uses the example of a mother. The, the love of a mother originated in God himself, and he is the source of that love. He is the source of that unshakable love that a mom has for her kid. It comes from him. And God loves you. And, and maybe you just needed to hear that today. Maybe you're here in this room and you just need to be reminded that God loves you. Maybe you need to be reminded that his, his love for you is unshakable. Maybe you're putting on a face today and maybe you have hurts or some hangups down deep inside of you and you don't want anybody to know about them. And we all do that, every single one of us in here. And maybe you just need to know today that God is so incredibly in love with you. He wants to look past every bit of that and reach your heart today. And sometimes it's, it's hard 
to think about that because we think God just must be holding out on me because I still feel like this. Or, or, or God is saying no to me when I think he should say yes. Or maybe God's just silent and I'm crying out to him and he isn't saying anything in return. And can I just say, I get it and I understand. But maybe you need to hear him say today that he loves you and that he thinks about things differently than we do. The Bible's clear on that. But he thinks about things better than we do. He thinks uh, about things more thoroughly than we can. But he never, ever, ever deserts us. God never, ever, ever forsakes us or leaves us. And, and get this, he used an example of a mother to show us that. He used an example of a mom. A mom's love is special. Even in the New Testament, there's this guy named uh, Paul. He's an apostle, and he is writing to this church that he started. And um, it was the church at Thessal Thessalonica. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, this is what he writes to them. He says, as apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you. But instead, we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much. He's trying to tell them that he loves them. That, this is what's funny. But why did he say it like that? Because this is, this is a guy who had adventure as his middle name. He was shipwrecked so many times. He, he was bitten by snakes. He was in the wilderness. He did all this stuff, you know, ready to go, ready for adventure, Paul. And when he comes time to describe himself to them, he says, I'm like a nursing mother. <laughs> to you. Dudes, guys, would you ever, would you ever? I love you so much, I'm like a nursing mom to you right now. Just want you to get that visualization in your head. No, we would never say that. But Paul said it because he knew that when he said it, when they heard it, they would understand that this love is something much deeper than what he probably is, can, can say. I think about my mom, they probably thought. And I, now I know that what he's trying to say is that this love doesn't come from him, but it comes from God himself, and it's so much deeper than, than I can ever imagine. He used the example of, of a mom. He knew they'd understand it. Dads, we have a, a, a father love. We do, but it ain't nothing like mama's, is it? We will walk through a mall, and we'll see a snot-nosed kid with ice cream in their hair and say, that's one disgusting kid right there. Moms look at that same kid and go, isn't he adorable? Isn't he precious? You know, I just want to scoop him up and love on him. She's seeing through the lens of mother love that dads just don't have. Now, we, we, we know kids are precious, there's, but not like mom. Moms see through something different. Later in life, you have kids, you know, and they grow up, and, and they do something really bad or, or buck up to dad or buck up to mom. And mom, mom just wants to hold him. She takes that kid. She just wants to wrap him up in her arms and love him and care, and, and dad wants to nuke him and make more. That's what he wants to do. He is a warrior, and mama is a nurturer, and it is like two completely different things. Moms are different. Politicians know that there is a, a mother love that can't be shaken, and when it comes to the campaign trail, they don't mess with four things. They don't mess with God. They don't mess with country. They don't mess with apple pie, and they don't mess with mom. They don't, they don't pick on them because they know that come election time, if they do, there's going to be some problems. Why do you think they kiss babies? It's because they're not messing with mom. There's something about uh, a mother love that's special. It's, it's different. But why is it so deep? That's the question that I want to kind of permeate our brains right here for a second. Why is the mother love so deep? What, what makes it so special? Listen to me. From conception, moms are changed forever. They, they immediately, from the time they know that there is a baby inside of them, they think differently about kids. They, they see everything through the lens in life of, what if that's my child? They, they experience all these different emotions when it comes to their child, that, that fathers and other people in the kid's life, they just they don't take it to that level that moms do. 
They, they can experience a chain reaction of emotions, and it can be up and down and left and right. And, and honestly, if I'm just being honest, the dads, you just are completely oblivious to it. <laughs> you don't know because it's not, it's not you. It's not happening to you. Then there's physical changes, and there's chemical changes. Uh, there's morning sickness because of the baby. I've heard some people have all-day sickness. I don't know if that was you or not. It's sick in the morning and nausea all day, right? And there's food binges because of the baby. I knew one mom, she was telling me that, that she was at work one day at a, at a job where you have to actually have to punch in and punch out. Um, and she, you're not supposed to take off only on breaks and lunch, and that's it, or to go home at the end of the day. She took off from work in the middle of the day, drove across town to her grandma's house, unlocked the door, went in the kitchen, didn't say a word, grabbed the pickle jar, <laughs> turned it up, drank the whole thing of pickle juice out, left the pickles in there, put it back, didn't say a word, drove right back to work. She said, if I didn't get it, I was going to die. It was literally worth that much to me. I, I may have gotten fired. I don't know. But at that moment, I did not care. Another mom said she makes her husband drive her to Lowe's occasionally so she can just smell the lumber. There's something about it she just had to have. I don't know what it is. Drive out of their way just to go buy Lowe's hardware and smell the lumber. Mom goes through a lot that most people don't think about. And it is, this, it is all that that kind of bundles up and contributes to this bond called, called mother love. One of the most powerful moments in a woman's life is when she watches her baby move for the first time. Maybe it's a kick. She's laying there. Or maybe it's a punch. Maybe it's karate. Nobody really knows what, sometimes what the baby's doing in there. Sometimes it's so rough, the mom's like, please stop. You know, almost, but still, it's, it's that bond. It's happening, and the bond of mother love is forming. Then there's the delivery room. Most people know it as the labor room, and that's appropriately named, isn't it? And when you think about uh, the miracle of a mother giving birth to the baby, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing what mom's body has to go through to deliver a baby. It's a miracle. And then a mom holds her baby in her arms for the very first time. Now, she's been with this baby for the greater part of a year. Not a second has gone by when she's not with her baby, and there's these bonds and, and emotions that are forming from the time of conception all the way to now that, that dad, he's oblivious to in a lot of ways because he goes to work, he goes away, he doesn't, mom's with this baby all the time, delivers the baby, holds the baby in her arms, and then a nurse takes the baby away. <laughs> and I, I was thinking earlier, I, I never thought about this. I have four kids, I'm a dad, but I never thought about the fact that mom has been with this baby every second for the greater part of a year, and then someone takes the baby into another room. Now, I'm not a mom. Moms, you tell me. Is that pretty nerve-wracking? I never thought about that. There's this bond that's unshakable. Then there's nursing, and there's caring for the baby, and, and there's the first outfit, and the first bath, and there's the, this knowing that this baby is completely dependent on me. The bond's deepening. Dads, you have a father love too, but it's nothing like mom's. And I'm told even that moms who adopt, even though they didn't feel the, the physical uh, part of the, the labor and delivery, the, the same kind of bonds begin to form when they begin to care for the baby. That's what they say. Loving and, and caring, it all happens right there. What I'm saying is, is that there is a real bond that's put there by God, and it happens at the moment of conception. But there's a real problem, too, because with a lot of moms, there's this pressure to do it perfectly. There's this pressure that thinks, I have to raise my kid perfect. I have to do everything I can for, for, for my child. I can't mess up because if I do, then something's going to happen. And, and I don't want to mess up because I love my child so much. And I, I don't know where it started. I don't know why it's even a part of our culture. But culture plays a role in this. 
at some point, the motherly love evolved into the myth of being a perfect mother. There are a lot of moms who feel the need to be perfect. And most of the time, the spouse, the kids, they're completely oblivious to what mom is feeling. And it's nothing short of stressful. In a lot of ways, it's stressful carrying the weight of the whole family on their shoulders. There's, There's this office called motherhood that has become bigger than life. And for new mothers, they come in and they get overwhelmed thinking, can I do this? And it's very real. A lot of people don't realize. And it's interesting, for the kids, the kids already think the mom's perfect. (laughs) I mean, mom's just got this status that nobody else can take. I mean, this pedestal that nobody else can sit on except for mom. Kids already think that. But for the moms, they live under the stress of trying to make sure that they never make a mistake with their kids. It doesn't matter if they're young kids or if they're adult kids. Moms still feel the same way. I was talking with a mom recently who has young kids, and she says she goes to bed sometimes with mom guilt. Does anybody know what that is? And I was like, what? And she goes, it's a real thing. And I'm like, okay, it's a real thing. I'm like, tell me about it. And she said she goes to bed sometimes, and she literally cries thinking about the events of the day and how she hasn't been that great of a mom. And I'm like, you're a great mom. This particular person is one of the best moms I know. But literally, they sit in bed sometimes and cry thinking about what they could have done better as a mom. And dad's just, he's just snoring, man. He's out. And mom's over there in tears, thinking about how she could have been a better mom. It's called mom guilt. And I know other moms whose kids are older, and they have regrets because of the mistakes they made when it comes to the the ones that they carried and the ones that they raised. And it's just different for moms than it is for dads. It's a real pressure. And I thought to myself, you know, kids already think that their moms are pretty spectacular. Kids already hold their moms on on a pretty high pedestal. There is no reason that moms should have to walk around life feeling pressure and guilty because they didn't do everything perfectly because they're, they're not doing everything just right. And I just want to say something that might sound a little bit crazy on Mother's Day, but I, I, I want to say it, and I hope it's going to relieve some of the stress that you feel, that most of the people have absolutely no clue that you feel. But I just want to break the myth. Here, here's the myth buster. Moms aren't perfect. Moms aren't perfect. And, and I just want to say that as humbly as I possibly can. I, I hope you realize that that. I understand, at least in part, a little bit, maybe a fraction, the stress that's on you by learning and by talking. And I want you to know that you don't have to walk around feeling the stress of trying to be perfect because the fact is, is that you're not. And God doesn't expect you to be. And your kids don't expect you to be because they, most of them probably already think you are. But moms aren't perfect. And this is shocking sometimes, but I hope it's relieving to a lot of moms in the room because there's never been a perfect mom but there has been and there are great moms. And I'd be willing to bet that I'm looking at a bunch of great moms right now. You don't have to live under the stress of trying to be perfect. The odds are, again, your, your kids probably already think you are. And as crazy as it sounds to talk about why moms aren't perfect on Mother's Day, my hope is that it will relieve the pressure from moms feeling the weight of this myth floating around in our own minds and in society that you have to be perfect, that there's a such thing as a perfect mom. So I want to talk about four truths, and then I want to talk to all the non-moms in the room. But moms should not have to feel the pressure to be perfect because, number one, moms are born with a sin nature. We all are. And moms, you don't have to feel the pressure of trying to be perfect because you're born with a sin nature. We, it, it applies to everybody, just like you, just like me. Psalms 51, 
verse 5 says this, I was born a sinner. That's all of us. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Yes, moms are part of the human race. Surprise! <laughs> because we see our moms do some pretty, pretty amazing superhuman things, don't we? Moms will clean up messes and, and just go right, just elbow deep into some bodily fluids. And dads are like, you know, have you seen the, the, the YouTube video with the dad with the hazmat suit on trying to change a diaper? Moms walk in, and they get their face real close, and they just, they just go in. That's superhuman. And I know it's, it goes way deeper than that, and I'm being funny. I want you to go with me. But I, moms, we think they're superhuman, but they're, they, they have to deal with this, with this sin nature too. It's not just a technicality in the Bible. It is a reality. And you know what that means? It means moms aren't perfect. But I'd be bold enough to say it doesn't mean that mom doesn't want to be perfect for you. She desires it. It's, it's in her. She wants to be perfect for you. She doesn't want you to go without anything that you want or anything that you need. It is inside of her, but yet she still has to deal with this sin nature. That means she's not. If she could, your mom would wrap perfection in a box and give it to you to unwrap every single day. Can any mom say yes? But mom messes up at times. She does because she's born with a sin nature. So I just want to say, moms, take the pressure off yourself. Take, take the pressure off of yourself because this sin nature means what it means for all of us, and that's this. Sometimes it's easier to, to be self-centered. It's easy to do that. Sometimes it's easier to be takers than it is givers. Sometimes it's easier to cave in to fear than choose the path of faith. Your love that you have for your kids, it goes deeper than anybody will ever know. But because of a sin nature, guys, I want you to know your mom's not perfect, so give her a break. Give her a break. Moms should not have to feel the pressure of being perfect because, number two, moms are products of an imperfect home growing up. Most kids think their moms grew up on Fantasy Island. <laughs> Mom is perfect. Mom grew up perfect. Mom doesn't have any problems, so mom's perfect for me. Now, we grow a little older, and, and we begin to understand that, hey, mom had some problems growing up too, but we still expect mom to be perfect. We think mom should just be able to overcome that. The way mom relates to me should have nothing at all to do with the way and the imperfections that she saw growing up. She's mom. Dad, we fully expect him to mess up, you know. He, he's perfect in other ways, so to speak. Mom, mom should, she should just be able to overcome everything. But the reality is every single parent is influenced by how they're raised. They are. You have things about you because of what you saw growing up. You have, you have good things. You have seemingly bad things about you sometimes. But we all go through that. Remember thinking when you were young, when you saw your parents do stuff, and you're like, I'm never going to do that, and now you're doing it, <laughs> you know? We, we, we all do this. You, so here's what I want to say. Your mom might carry around some imperfections that she has because she grew up seeing some things. Here's your job. Give her a great big hug and tell her how much you love her. Just wrap your arms around her and tell her that you would do anything for her because guess what? Your mom was a little girl once, and she was dreaming about the day that she would have you. And now here you are, so don't disappoint her. Don't do it. Wrap your arms around her and say you're spectacular because your mom loves you deeper than anybody else ever, ever will. And it's amazing to me how I watch people grow up and the vast majority of moms, it doesn't, know, it doesn't matter how much pain they endured as kids, it doesn't matter how much pain maybe they accidentally inflicted onto their kids, they are, they're always the most influential voice in the life of a child, young or old. It's the mom. It always comes back. And we all find ourselves saying things like, I know my mom wasn't perfect, but she's still my mama. <laughs> you know, it's like we, that last part of that phrase just supersedes the rest of it. Mom's not perfect, but she's still, she's still my mom. 
Moms should not have to feel the pressure of trying to be perfect. And they shouldn't because like all of us, moms are subject to various trials and pressures. You know that moms are jugglers? You ever seen, you ever seen the people that juggle like chainsaws? That's like mom times a million. Moms are jugglers. They're homemakers. They're breadwinners, sometimes office managers, church leaders. They're wives. They're, they're chefs. They're referees. They're, the list is literally, I, I don't think it ever stopped going. It's still going right now. Moms juggle all kind of stuff. And it doesn't, no matter, it doesn't matter how good she is when she starts doing things like this. It's like spinning plates on sticks, you know? And, and eventually something is going to blindside mom, and the plates are going to go crazy, and mom's going to say something that she doesn't want to say. Mom's going to do something that she, she might regret later. And then mom guilt hits her, and she might just lie in bed at night crying tears while you're snoring because mom loves you, and mom carries around with her a love in her heart that, that nobody else has on this planet. Mom is doing her best, but for a lot of moms, the pressure is literally unreal, the pressure that they feel inside. They, 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 they're subject to various trials and various pressures in life. Mom should not have to feel the pressure to be perfect because just like everybody else, sometimes moms suffer from lack of knowledge and instruction. Now, moms know a lot, and I bet any kid in here, when a lot, probably the vast majority of questions you have, your first instinct is to call mom because mom's probably going to know the answer, and if mom doesn't know the answer, she's going to tell me how to find out the answer because moms know. But the fact of the matter is, is that sometimes moms suffer from lack of knowledge and instruction. I've heard people say, moms, I wish I could go back and do it again. I, I, I wish I could. I, I just didn't know what I know now at the time. I wish I could have handled that differently. I, I wish I could have not been so rigid, and, and I wish I could have been more flexible. I was probably a little bit too permissive, and I probably should have been a little bit more strict. Maybe you're a mom sitting here today, and you're, you're, you're seeing some things now, and you're just saying, I wish I could have seen the early warning signs, but, but I just didn't know. It's strange. If you want to be a dental assistant, you just go to school. But when you're a mom, show me the school. <laughs> there is no school. You can learn from people. You can read books. There's what to expect when expecting, and about week three, that thing goes right out the window you can learn a lot of good things, but I'm telling you, being a mom, from what I'm understanding little by little, it's, it's learn as you go a lot of the times. And moms do it so well. They make it look so easy from the outside looking in, but moms feel a pressure inside of them. You know what's amazing to me? It's amazing that when, her, when, when, when a mom puts God first and puts their whole trust in God, it doesn't matter what mistakes they make, God fills in the gaps. And the kids turn out pretty good. When a mom puts her full trust in God. I was talking to my, my mom the other day, and she was telling me about all the mistakes that she made, and, and uh, she had come over for a while, and she was in her car getting ready to leave, and I'm sitting outside her window, and we just get to talking for a second, and she's telling me, and I can see it in her face. It's like almost pain. Now, my mom's 63 years old, and I've been grown a long time, <laughs> and she's still telling me sometimes, and it's interesting that I literally have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. I'm like, man, it's, she's just mom to me. She's thinking about the mistakes, and I'm just thinking, you're my mom. I'm just thinking, you're my mom. You're, you're on this pedestal that nobody, else, that nobody else can sit on. And then she grabs me like I'm five and starts kissing me and everything. And, I'm, <laughs> and I pretend it's annoying, but I really like it, you know. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that, but I do. 
If my mom was perfect, I would have turned out perfect because perfection produces perfection, right? How can it not? But I'm not perfect, and I'd be willing to admit and probably assume that you're not perfect either. So that must mean our moms aren't perfect. It must, it must mean that. A mother's love is a miracle, but there are no perfect mothers, and for, and for good reason. So moms, I want you to, to hear me today. Take the pressure off yourself. You're doing a great, great job. And we understand that perfection doesn't mean good. Maybe, maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe, maybe you've really messed up bad because we're not perfect. But you know what? So has everybody else. Every person has made a mistake. And it does not mean that you're not a good mom. I want you to hear me right now. Just because you make mistakes does not mean that you're not a good mom. You're a great mom. And your kids would sit here today and say, you're a great mom. I've seen some kids whose mothers have just completely messed up, completely gone out in left field. And when a mom comes back, there is something amazing that happens when kids say, I love my mom. It's different for dad. It's different for anybody else on the planet when reconciliation happens. But for a mom, man, it does not mean that you're not a good mom because, because you've messed up. God, he, he still is with you. And somehow, in only a way that he can, he still works himself through you as a mom in a way that nobody else does. And I'm here to say that you're, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. You're a good mom. But we, we do make mistakes sometimes, and sometimes that means having to try to come back and, and try to, the very best we can, have some reconciliation. So what do we do? Maybe you're a mom here today, and you said, I've, I've messed up royally. What do I do? Well, I'm going to tell you two ways. The first thing you need to do is you need to confess to God. You need to go to God and you need to confess and it always starts there. And you want to know why? It, the reason is because God made you and God made your kids. He made both of you and so it all starts with him. He, the, the love that you have inside of you comes from him. He is the source of the love that you have as a mom. That love that you don't feel like anybody could ever imagine, that love that you feel like is never ending and still going, he's the source of it. And he has entrusted a portion of himself to you to be an ambassador to your kids so that your kids can see his love more clearly. Now, this is amazing. It's a, it's a great responsibility, but it's a great privilege because nobody else on the planet has that except for you. That There is a portion of God himself that he reserves for mothers, and he reserves that part of himself to be shown to everyone on this planet through you, through moms. And it comes from him, so it has to start with him. I, I, I love this. It doesn't matter how big or small your mistake was. The Bible says that when we go to him, he forgives us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says this, if we confess our sins, now he didn't specify how big or small, he said when we confess, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It starts with God. And I just want you to know today, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he can pick you up. Your tears can be dried by God. You can be the mom that you want to be. You can be the mom that God wants you to be and the, and the mom that your kids need. The mom that you want to give your kids, you can be that. And honestly, you're probably doing a much better job than you realize. You are. But some of you may be overdue for a God conversation to go to God and, and, and have this conversation with him. And maybe you feel like it's too late because your kids are grown. And maybe you feel like everything's already in the past and there's no way that, that you could go back and do anything different. Well, listen to me, it's not in the past if you haven't confessed it because right now it's still in the present. And God says, I want you to come to me and have this conversation with me and then it can be behind you. Listen, I just want you to know, your kids still need you even if they're adults. Did you know that? Maybe they need you in a different way now, but to them, you're still their mother. 
Let me say that in a different way. To them, you're still their mommy. They still look at you like that. They may not say it. Their facial expression and body language may be different, but inside it's all goo goo gaga. They want their mommy. They, they do. It's just the way it is. And it's never too late. In, inside those, those big kid bodies, adult, they, they're kids inside. It's like they have these adult bodies now, but inside they're kids. And they still value you as their mom. It's never too late to confess and start again. But it starts with God. And after you've had that conversation with God, then the second thing is confess to your children. Did you know that one of the most settling things that you can do in the life of your kids is to say you're sorry? Especially a mom. There's nothing more settling than when mom comes and says, I'm sorry. There's two powerful, powerful words. I'm sorry. And it may be hard to admit because we have this need sometimes, and I'm not a mom, but all the moms in the room can say, I have this need sometimes to feel like I need to do everything perfect. And to say I'm sorry means somehow I failed in that. But moms, your kids might be crude, they might be rebellious, they might be messy, but they're not stupid. They, they know when something's wrong, especially some of the kids that are, that are kind of getting up there in age, teenagers and, and maybe even some of the younger ones. They, they know, they know sometimes whenever you mess up and, and they're kind of waiting to see what you're going to do with it. And they, they, they kind of are waiting to see. It's like this gauge of what mom's integrity is like. Um, and whether or not she's willing to own up. And, and oftentimes, the relationship, especially with older kids, it's won or lost right there on mom's ability to say, I'm sorry, to, to confess to the kids. I've watched a mother apologize before, and I've seen the defenses in a kid. I've seen the walls built up around the kid's heart crumble like nothing when, when mom comes and says, I'm sorry, and initiates that reconciliation. It's a little bit more difficult with dads. I don't know why. I, I'm not getting into all that today. But what I am saying is that when mom does it, the defenses crumble. It's, again, goo goo gaga, hold me, you know? I don't know what it is, and, and sometimes it's, it takes a, a little bit, but with moms, it is something special about a mom coming to her child and initiating that reconciliation. And for, from the heart, something about mom. You're the only one that has it. It's no wonder that God set it up that way in our relationship with him to come and apologize, and the walls break down and there's reconciliation immediately. By the way, when you admit your wrongs, not only do you make it right between you and your kids, but they're watching your example and learning that it's okay to go some, to somebody and apologize. The, 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 the unity that they feel and the reconciliation that they feel between you and them, it's like this learning experience that they have where they know, hey, I can go to somebody else in life and admit that I'm wrong, and there can be restoration. The, the walls of defense can come down. Moms, you're an example of that. And you may not even realize it, but you're also setting the foundation of how they see going to God and doing that very same thing. You're setting that foundation, knowing that I can go to God, knowing that, that God will forgive. And I just got to say this too, on the flip side, when we don't do that, when we hold that from them, we create this mental fog in their minds of all the lessons that we've tried to teach them about, about forgiveness, about failures. It's this fog. It's like something's not lining up because of the most important person in my life is withholding that. And I, I know there's a range of tensions in, in the mom-child relationships, uh, small kids, teenagers, adult kids, it doesn't matter. And I know that these tensions range from, from very simple tensions to very, very, very deep wounds. But for most of them, listen to me, for most, that reconciliation is two steps away. It's confession and forgiveness from God, and it's confession and reconciliation between mom and kids. And, and it may seem like just a simple way to say that, but it's true. For most people, it's two steps. I go to God, I go to my kids. 
And moms, you can do that. You can. Now, let me just say this. Your, your kids may be older, and maybe even your kids aren't here anymore. I know for some people, the tragedy is, is that some of our kids have left us way, way, way too soon. And sometimes we're, we're holding things. And I want to say, one, that I love you. And I know that's hard. But I also want to encourage you to say that if you're a mom, and that's you, and you wish you could do things different, you wish you could go to them and apologize, but you just can't, I want you to understand that the most important thing you can do from this point on is to go to God and make that relationship right. Because God promises heaven to you one day. And one day you're going to be able to see your child again and wrap your arms around them. Except that time, no apologies are going to be needed. It's going to be the most beautiful thing that you've ever experienced in your entire life. But what you can do right now is make sure that relationship between you and God is there. And I just want to encourage you, if, if maybe, maybe you're out in left field and you, you don't really know what about that relationship with God, I want to tell you right now, today you're going to have the opportunity to make that relationship right with Him, with God. What do we do going from here? Can I talk to all the kids in the rooms? in the room? Maybe all the non-moms in the room? Here's what you can do. You can honor your mom. <laughs> well, how do we do that, Pastor Ryan? That sounds really good. Listen, the Bible's so clear. This is what it says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, honor your father and your... Well, that's well, like four people. Are you kidding me right now? Honor your father and your... That was like eight. No, honor your father and your... Thank you very much. All right, so we're going to honor our father and our mother. This is what it says. This is the first commandment with a promise. Here's the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Does it say honor your mother if she has kind of lived up to this perfect myth? No, it doesn't say that. Does it say honor your mother if she's, she's done most of the things right? No, does it say honor your mother if you're walking around and you somehow made it without being hurt? No, it says honor her. And I know for some of us that's hard. Maybe there's a few in the room that say, I just don't have a very good relationship or I have bad memories. I, I know for some of us that's a reality. But the fact is, is, if all you have to honestly honor her for is for giving you life, the Bible is clear. He says, honor her. Honor her. And he says, it's a commandment that comes with a promise. And, and Jesus actually modeled this honor for us. He paid the highest tribute I think anyone has ever paid to a mom. And of course, Jesus is the one that would do it. But he set an example for us. I want you to try and picture this. Jesus, he's on the cross. He's at the end of his life. He's hanging there, and he's in excruciating pain. I'm not going to go into all that, but I will say he is, he is battling, going back and forth between the excruciating pain of, of his body, being beaten within an inch of his life. Uh, he, he is, he's got a big railroad spike-like thing in his, in his feet, and he's got big railroad spikes in his, in his wrists, and he is literally going back and forth, putting pressure on his, on his feet to come, uh, on his limbs to come down and rest, and then pressure on his feet to stand up and take a breath, and then back down. And he is literally batting excruciating pain from his wrists to his feet and battling suffocation at the same time because his lungs are collapsing as he's down like this pushing back up on his feet and feeling that excruciating pain with those, that railroad spike in his feet just to take a breath and then back down, hanging on his wrist, feeling that as his lungs collapse again. And he's doing this, and you're thinking, gosh, the only thing that he can be thinking about is um, he's almost there. He almost made it. He came to do what he's supposed to do, and he's almost to heaven. He is literally within, within three hours, depending on where you want to look at the story, within three hours of literally completing his task that he has been in, in preparation since all time. 
And he's getting ready to go back to heaven. And listen, he looks and he sees his mom there. And you would think, man, he doesn't owe her anything right now. It's just like, it's all about Jesus. Just get done, buddy. You're almost there. Do it. And he sees his mom sitting there and he looks at her. And I'm like, what, what does he have to say to his mom at this point? I'm like, he's already grown up and he lived a perfect life, the Bible says, right? He never sinned. So that means he honored his mom perfectly. When he was two all the way up to whenever he was 33, he honored his mom perfectly as a kid and as an adult. But yet he sees her there and, and right in the middle of all this, this guy named John, one of Jesus' disciples, he records this moment in John chapter 19, where Jesus focuses on his mom. And this is what he says. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here's your son, talking about the disciple. And then he looked at the disciple and says, this is your mother. And from that time on, the Bible says the disciple took her into his home. He cared for her. In the middle of all that torture, in the middle of all that that reckon in the middle of all of that stuff, Jesus thought, this has got to be tough on my mom. <laughs> he looked at his mom, his earthly mother, and he says, I want to provide for her. And he said, John, I want you to take her in to your home. Take care of my mom. <laughs> and I, I just have to, I have to say, if he was doing that, and he said that in the middle of all of that, if he was here today, he would look at you today and say, honor your mom. Take care of your mom. Do it. Don't, it is, it's not even a choice. This is your mother. Right in the middle of all his turmoil, all of his hurt. By the way, he was dying for her sin too. He's dying for yours. You're hurt. But he said, even still, honor, honor your mother. And I know there's different kinds of moms today. I know there's biological moms. I know there's adopted moms. I know there's spiritual moms. There's, there are people in your life that have been praying for you, that have adopted you spiritually as a son or as a daughter and lift you up and encourage you. And I'm so grateful to have some spiritual moms in my own life that have lifted me up. Every single one of these moms are given by God. And every single one of these moms are worthy of honor. Every single one of these moms are worthy of the honor that says you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to walk around feeling like somehow you have to live up to this myth of perfection because you're doing a great job. You are, and you're loved, and you're honored today, and your kids already think you're pretty doggone spectacular. So just keep doing what you're doing. Keep striving. Keep loving on them, no matter how old they are. And keep tapping into the one that gives you that love to start with, and that's God himself. You do that, you're going to make it. Our prayer team is going to come up, and as they do, I, I want to pray for two things today. One, I, I, I want to just pray for you, and if you have a, a need in your life that says, I need Jesus. We talked a minute ago about knowing Christ and knowing Jesus and making sure that relationship is strong between you and him. If you have that need in your life and you feel that pull at your heart, I, I want you to know Pastor Ryan steps out of that conversation. I, I want to point you to Jesus and back off. And I, I want you to know what that, whatever you feel in your heart right now pulling you to him, that's not me. It's not clever words. It's not any of that. It is the Holy Spirit that God says works through me and works through you. And he's calling you today. He is because he loves you. There is absolutely no condemnation in his voice. The Bible says that in Christ Jesus, he's the one calling you. There is absolutely no condemnation. None. 
Any mistake you've ever made, he says, I am willing to forgive it. You say, how? He says, because my love for you goes deeper than your sin. He says, where sin is great, grace is greater. And he just leaves it like that. And he says, his love for you is higher than the heavens. And we don't even know how high that goes. He's calling you today. And so I want to pray for you. And I just want you to know this prayer team is up here. This is Luke. This is Bobby Ann. Great people. And I know they love you. And at any point during this prayer, if you feel like you want to come up and pray with them, they would be more than happy to do that. And I would encourage you to do it. And then secondly, I want to pray for moms. And I'm just going to do all this in the same prayer. I want to pray for moms all over this room. I want to pray for your moms. And, and as we do that, I want to pray that we really know how to honor you and that you feel honored. Can we pray together? Anytime you have a need during this prayer and even after the prayer, you can come up to this altar. You can, you can pray with, these prayer, with this prayer team. God, we're grateful that you would have us to live today and to come into this room. Um, Lord, it's not in and of our own doing. We know that your word says you give us our very next breath. So just the, the ability to be able to get up and come here today. Lord, that's a privilege that we have because of you, because you've given it to us. Lord, I, I know there's people all over this room. I know some of them may not have a relationship with you. They may not be walking with you on a day-to-day basis. It absolutely has nothing to do with whether or not they come to a church service, but it has everything to do with them saying yes to the God that made them and walking out their life, letting you lead. And Lord, there's some in this room right now that want to say yes to you. You know who they are. Church, you know who you are. I just want to encourage you as I pray to have this conversation with God. God, we need you. We can't do this without you. Lord, the, the problems we face today, we can't do without you. We need you, Lord. And I know there's people in here with hurts. I know there's people in here with habits and, and things that, are, that feel like chains and weights. Lord, you, your word says you've come to set the prisoner free. And your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there's fullness of joy. And that's the same Holy Spirit that we know right now is working in our midst. So we just say yes to you. We say yes to you, Jesus. Lord, more so than our, our temporary problems on this earth, because this earth's gonna go away one day, we have an eternal problem. And that is our sin nature that we have very naturally inside of all of us. Whether you're a mom in the room or whether you're a man in the room or a child, it doesn't matter. We all have a sin nature. And God, you came and you solved that problem by Jesus on the cross, paying a price that we couldn't pay and sacrificing yourself, your perfection for our imperfection. Your word says all we have to do is believe in you. Confess that you're Lord. Confess that you really died for us and that you rose again and that you are God's son. And Lord, all over this room right now, I, I see people, Lord, and I know you do, that are saying yes to you, that are saying yes, Jesus. Yes, I've messed up, but I believe what the pastor said, where, where he says, your grace is greater than my sin. Your love is higher than the heavens for me. Your love goes deeper than any, any distance I could run. And I say yes to you. I know you're not condemning me. I feel condemned. That's just me. But, but I, it's, it's maybe a little bit of guilt. But God, I believe you're looking at me, and you're looking at me and seeing me as worthy because of your sacrifice, not mine. Because, because you love me. You love me. And I come to you with an open heart and just say, have me. Have me right where I'm at. I'm not going to try to make myself pretty for you because you see right through me. But I'm, just have me, God. Have me right where I am. And I, I trust you. I, I trust you to walk with me and not condemn me. I trust you to walk with me and know that, know that you have what's best in mind for me. I trust you to walk with me and know that whatever is around the corner in my life, you already see it, you've already planned for it, and that the steps of a righteous person, that someone in right standing with you is going to be ordered. You're going to order my steps, and you're going to help me. I trust that. 
I believe you really died for me to make that happen. I believe you really rose from the grave, and I believe that you're really coming back for me one day to take me to heaven. But until then, I want to give my life to you right here and, and, and just open my heart to you to praise you. Let that be my worship to you, God. Every day I wake up, I aim my heart at you and say, have me. I trust you to fill in all the gaps in my life that I can't do. I, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but you're God. I trust you to be able to do that. In Jesus' name. God, I pray a prayer over the moms in this room today. I'm so grateful for the love that you give to moms that nobody else has. <laughs> a part of you that we can only experience through moms. In whatever form, through a biological mom, an adopted mom, a spiritual mom. Sometimes that love has had to come from places that, that maybe sound a little bit crazy to some of us. But, but somehow, God, you have poured out your love through moms to us. And we're grateful for that. We're grateful for it. Lord, I, I pray right now that, that you would just lift the burden off of moms right now. It's such a, such a deep love, Lord, that comes with a seemingly heavy responsibility. And sometimes we take on that responsibility way too deep than we're supposed to as, as moms, the moms in the room. Lord, and I, I pray right now you just lift that off of them. I, I pray they would just take a breath of fresh air. The Bible describes someone as, as coming to you like this, where you take them out into a spacious place and are able to breathe deep for the first time. I, I pray that's what they're experiencing right now. Not just in this room, but as they walk out of here, as they continue to raise kids, as they continue to have, have grandkids, as they continue to pour into the lives of their adult, adult children, Lord, as, as they continue to, to try to figure out how they're going to walk from here in whatever situation that they're in with, with some of the pain they feel, I, I pray you lift the burden off of them and know that you have come, that you have come to fill in all of that. The place they, they can't, even imagine trying to fulfill because it's too much, knowing that you're going to fill it. The mistakes they've made, Lord, you fill it. I thank you for what you're doing. God, I, I pray right now for single moms. Lord, moms who have had their husbands leave way too early, no matter what that looks like, I pray that you give strength right now. God, for moms whose husbands are deployed and they're having to fill both roles right now, Lord, there is a supernatural strength that I believe that you pour into moms like this that give them the ability to wake up every morning and do what needs to be done for kids. And I, I just pray blessing and honor, Lord, into them. I pray, pray favor into their lives, Lord, that they're able to, to do exactly what you've called them to do in such a way that, that it's optimal, not just barely skirt by, but that they begin to know right now that their kids are okay because they're putting them in your hands. I pray for a supernatural strength, God, that only you can give. Lord, I, I pray for, for grandmothers and spiritual moms today. Lord, all kinds of moms all over this room. Lord, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that you just begin to pour honor and favor in their lives. Lord, this is a day that, that we come today and we, we make a big deal out of moms. But Lord, every single day of this year and years to come, every second, I pray that the favor and the blessing as a, as a gift, Lord, <laughs> would just bestow on them that would chase them down. Thank you for the gift of love that you've only poured through mothers. I've been a benefactor of it. Everybody in the room has been a benefactor of it. It's truly unbeatable and unshakable. We thank you for being the source. And it's in Jesus' name we pray this.